You're listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. How's it going? It's going. Yeah? It's not not going. Well, that's true. I mean, actually, it's going well. Yeah, well, I figured. I hope so. I'm Pastor Josiah. This is the Going Hour <laughs> podcast. Yep, that's what it is. Boy, that would be... A podcast I would not mm, listen to, probably. I think it'd probably put me to sleep behind the wheel. That's dangerous. Yeah, it is. No podcast should do that. No. On the contrary, it should keep you awake. Yeah. With yeah. lively banter, I laughter. I listen to podcasts pretty regularly. Same. I've actually started doing it as I get ready before I even leave the house. I actually can finish one, like a long one, because I'll like speed it up a little bit. So I end up getting two in before coming to work. Wow. that's. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of like the folks who like get up in the morning. They're like, man, I got in a full workout before I came in. Oh, like, I got in two podcasts before <laughs> I came into work. That's more my speed, two podcasts. I appreciate that as well, mm. which is what we're doing. We're podcasting. Yes, we are. Turn it into a verb there. I like it. Podcasting. Sometimes I just say, I, I know you've heard me say this. I'll just say like the cast. I'll just say it's a cast. What are we doing on the cast? Have yeah. you, you've heard me say that, right? I have, yes. I don't know if it's going to work yet, but... We're using it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> and on today's podcast... Yeah, we're well, if you've been to the church in a while, we're still doing Church of the Movies. We are. We've still got a couple weeks left, we do. as a matter of fact. Two, in fact. Yeah, that's yes. right. Math is not my strong suit. But our podcasts are also following it up, and yeah. uh, I'm pretty excited today. Yeah, because this past weekend's message, if you were there, if you were as, there. You, as you astutely noted, was uh, a tie-in with The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Yes, it was. I don't know why I said it like that. The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. That's okay. But that's what it was. That's the story. The mm-hmm. Secret Life of Walter Mitty. And what I uh, thought we could have a discussion about here, mm-hmm. that might be helpful, hopefully, that's what we're always going for. I don't know why I have to clarify that, but nice. you know, <laughs> it should be. <laughs> is uh, it has to do with a little a moment that happens pretty close to the beginning of the movie, exactly. Which, if you've watched it, you know the story. Uh, you know that Walter Mitty is the negative asset manager at Life I love, Magazine. I, just, I love that title. Yeah, it, I feel like that's kind of a play on words, almost. And that if it was a play on words, like in spirit, I think that's my title. <laughs> You know, you know, you know what I mean. Like that just yeah, it speaks to me. <laughs> These assets are all negative and sad. Who will manage them? I will manage them. <laughs> I will manage them to Mordor. I That's know. I was thinking that too. Lord of the Rings reference. <laughs> 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 but anyway, that means he works, of course, with the photo assets that are sent right, in that need right. to be developed. Yeah, developed. I'm unfamiliar with the world of photography and film, and yeah. Therefore, I don't know how to speak to it. But that's what he does. He yeah. works in a dark room with photos. Wow, I really enunciated that. Photos. <laughs> like Photos. Like f- fake toes. Okay. You know what I mean? Like fake phalanges. Anyway, he works with photos. Now, sadly, the magazine is acquired by mysterious people. The, I don't know. We don't really get any of the, the shadow that. government. It's, yeah, I mean, like, it's this, you know, the, the language they use, it's the acquisition. And Is that ever acquired. good? Because I'm going to say no. Yeah, it just, it always feels bad. It always feels always bad. Always seems bad. And in suit. Yeah. Is that how you transition? I mean, never mind. That's, I mean, I would use, I would okay. use those words. Well, because, I mean, what happens is, you know, the the executive comes in, he's like, sadly, you know, I got to break the news. We've been acquired, even though, you know, like, ah, oh, this is going to work out for this guy because yeah. he's probably standing to make money from it. And since they're transitioning to an online only platform publication, they're going to have to let go of non essential personnel. And I used finger quotes there, <laughs> non essential, you know, because I, I hate that term. Well, but. here's the thing, right? In a particular situation, 
question like this. When your company is being consumed by the shadow government, is there ever a more appropriate time for a negative asset manager? You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> mm, just... Negative in a different way, sure. <laughs> but it does seem to be he's a man of his time. No wonder he is the protagonist in this story. That's what I'm saying. It's really all coming into yeah. even clearer focus for me. Yeah, is that a photo joke? Before. <laughs> you see the lights <laughs> So anyway, uh, the legendary <laughs> photographer Sean O'Connell, legendary in this film. Legendary. I know uh, all about him. Yes. He sends in his finest photo for the final cover, for the final run of Life magazine oh, as man. a print publication. He calls it the quintessence of life, which again, <laughs> you know, which is kind of a grandiose way to say, but also a play on words. You know, it's the quintessence of life. Yeah. You know, it's it's Life magazine. Yeah. Like, there are just so many, so many plays on words. I think, uh, I think he is smoking what he's selling. Yeah. You know, this is just a complete side note, mm-hmm. but it has to do with storytelling and yeah. jokes and wordplays like that. I appreciate they don't really call attention to any of that. They're not like out here, you know, saying, oh, yeah, this guy, Sean O'Connell calls his photo the quintessence of life. And it's like. I don't cheesify it. Yeah, they didn't cheesify it. It's just like, oh, let it be what it is. And yeah. you, know, you do that. Anyway, that's for, you know, another another in-depth discussion. <laughs> yeah. Point being that Walter finds that the negative for that photo, negative 25, is missing. So it's, just, it's missing. He doesn't know where it is. This is and, a problem. Yeah. And. Thus, he sets off on his wild journey to both find Sean O'Connell and then hopefully recover negative 25. Wow. I mean, this really, I think it just goes to show the value of him as an employee. Yeah. This guy, I mean. He's really going above and beyond. He is. He's really dedicated to the craft. I think if I was in his shoes and it was like the final run and it was like it was missing, it'd be like, well, I'm out of a job. I guess I'm non-essential anyway. <laughs> and I'd take a hike. <laughs> But thank goodness. Walter Mitty doesn't because <laughs> The Secret Life of Walter Mitty would be like 10 minutes and be the lamest short film ever. Well, I had to camp on here for the purposes of our discussion is the way that a pretty terrible event in Walter's life, which is, of course, the end, quote unquote, of the company he works for and probably the termination of his employment. Yeah. Which is, I mean, a big deal. Absolutely. You know, you need a job, you need money to live, you need these things. Uh, it's a pretty terrible event. Everyone's pretty upset about it. But how this terrible event and the fact that Life Magazine is running its final print publication, how that all actually sets in motion the most meaningful and extraordinary time of Walter Mitty's life. Yeah. Because I think, as it turns out, anyone who's lived life long enough pretty quickly discovers that perhaps as cliche as it may seem that the same is true for most of us that the most meaningful moments of our lives the most formative moments are birthed out of probably some of the more quote-unquote terrible and difficult moments I absolutely of our agree. lives i mean if you i don't know if you found that Actually, true in your own life i think life, it's almost exclusively the negative stuff isn't that crazy maybe that's just my <laughs> Maybe that's just me. Mr. Negative Asset Manager over here. <laughs> but yeah, like I think the things that hurt the most have far and away been the most formative experiences for me as a as a human being. Yeah. And I mean it's even we're gonna bring the scriptures into this before anyone starts freaking out. Like, oh they're just talking they're just talking about a movie now with no no link to anything other than that. But even our memories. I was listening to somebody talking about memories recently on a podcast Ah, (laughs) and talking about a little bit the idea that the memories we most easily cling on to and that we remember 
most often from our childhood are memories of like wounds. I'm glad it's not just me. Yeah, like as you think, like man, that must be. I must be weird that what I remember most clearly, and like I can recall like the smells and like the way the room looked or who I was with, are the frightening and wounding moments. That obviously then is going to form how you respond to the world and how you inhabit the world and how you live in it. That's for Um, sure. Which then stands to reason, what are you going to do about that? Like, what are you going to do with those wounds? And what are you going to do with the terrible events that have happened to you? And to kind of draw out what you were saying there as a joke, Walter Mitty takes this terrible event that could just be, for lack of a better term, kind of an excuse to say, ah, yeah, like, I'm not essential. The photo act. Just a moment to walk away. Yeah, just let's just walk away and, you know, mope on out of here. But instead, he takes that as a launching pad of sorts to say, all right, he's going on this extraordinary adventure that, you know, I doubt any of us are going to end up going to Greenland, you know, (laughs) and climb a mountain and find, you know, a snow leopard and all these things. But Snow leopard, do you have negative 25? (laughs) That's a no. Glad we came here anyway. But he has my arm now. What? (laughs) Because snow leopard eating, you know, fun, fun times. But... He seizes that moment as an opportunity, to put it in crass terms, because I don't think life always comes to us that simply. But that general outlook on life, I think, is true. And to bring it back to, say, the people of God, Mm -hmm. because I think this is where we come into the story and where we find ourselves fitting in, most clearly at least. You you think about the major characters in the scriptures, in the Bible, Mm -hmm. right? The heroes of the faith that we look up to, we aspire to, we read about. Their lives were not easy. You know, and Christians in the West talk about how, you know, if you're blessed by God, your life's going to be easy. And we've talked about this, you know, (laughs) a fair amount on the podcast. You know, church, if you have ever hung around me and Ethan, you've probably heard us talk about this. But, you know, we want to talk about how being blessed means, you know, you have all the money you need or everything that you, you know, you want. That, you know, it's your life. You're you're living on easy street, Mm -hmm. you know. But you look at the characters in Scripture just as a small sampling. Noah. Mm Mm-hmm. Everyone knows Noah, Noah and the Ark, right? The thing is, is the thing we know him most for, you know, being in an Ark with the animals. Yes. Well, that all transpired in a world-consuming flood. Yeah. <laughs> like, on this boat for, like, spent hundreds of years building it, and then, uh, yeah, like, people dying, like, which is, you know, kind of funny, the comedian Tim Hawkins talking about, like, why do we put Noah's Ark in nurseries? Like, all right, be sure to paint this screaming person over here a little. T- <laughs> Global genocide. <laughs> like, you know, like, right, could you imagine that? Like, being stuck on this boat with stinky animals. Frank, okay, here's the thing, right? Like, here's the, I'm going to flip this on his head. I it. am ready to be on a boat with animals. <laughs> I like animals more than a board. lot of people. <laughs> but what I'm not ready to do is spend more than, like, a week building a boat. Yeah. Are you, I am continuously in awe. I, I never want to build anything that long yeah. in my life. No, no. But that was like the the event of his life. Yeah. Like that's what got recorded in scripture. Global trauma. Yes. Abraham, right? Father Abraham, you know, the, the man songs. of the promises. <laughs> yeah. Like all these guys. Well, he spent a lot of time wandering, waiting for the promises. Yeah, sure. That was fun. His life was uh, threatened multiple times. Yeah. He couldn't quite get along with his relatives. He almost <laughs> kind of more or less sold his, his wife into, you know, a harem when twice. He, when he said he didn't get along, he said, oh, he's a normal dude like us. And then he yeah. said he sold his wife. I'm like, never mind. <laughs> Not a normal dude. <laughs> 
Uh, so you have that. You have Moses, right? He has to flee into the wilderness. He has to lead an entire nation of people out of Egypt yeah. from slavery into the wilderness again, where, you know, they grumble, they complain. He can't enter the promised land because, that, oh, I mean, poor guy. hardships, right? Yeah, yeah. You have him. You have David. On the run, mm. like, oh, yeah, you're you're in the anointed king. Like, you think, oh, there's, like, Easy blessing street. of blessings. Like, Samuel, the prophet, is going to come anoint you. You're king. Just kidding. Saul's going to chase you for multiple years, try to kill you. And then you're going to have to fight, you know, against the Philistines. And then your kingdom's going to be in turmoil. And, oh, my gosh. You yeah. have that. You have Paul suffering in chains pretty much constantly, it yeah, seems. like he's always motif. like, I'm writing to you in these chains. <laughs> like, it just seems to be like, yeah, motif. He could, he could, honestly, I think it, at some point he could just have like an acronym <laughs> that just describes like, it's just his whole intro is like, writing to you in chains as per usual. <laughs> oh, yeah, you have that. And then, of course, you know, the quintessence of examples. <laughs> Still Sean McConnell's word. I don't know if I, that was probably an incorrect use, but you have Jesus, the Son of God himself, nailed to a cross like yeah. that is the defining moment of his earthly life and ministry mm-hmm. all these people the most meaningful and life-forming world transforming moments of their lives their ministries were formed and birthed out of hardship out of difficulty out of these moments that when they were experiencing them they probably wished weren't happening i'm guessing also oh, ranging from inconvenience to hellish Yes, right. And they could have, you know, in a hypothetical world, I mean, you know, how easy would it be to, say, be Abraham when God comes to you and he's like, hey, you know that son I promised you? Well, go take him to the altar and uh, sacrifice him to me. And how is he to be like, whoa, like, nope, I'm done. Like, you, you, you led me through, you know, I've been wandering the wilderness as a sojourner for multiple years now. And then I wait for the promise. You finally give it to me. Now you're like, no, I'm done. It's like you I, hear that I'm and you're like, that's odd. I just... I just became agnostic. <laughs> How did that happen? Not many oh. people, I think, would just, like, really commit. No, but, like, that becomes probably, I think that moment is the defining moment in Abraham's story. Oh, that yeah. moment. If he had not followed through in his obedience to God in that moment, despite the, the uncertainty and the questions and I'm sure the mental anguish oh, that he was enduring, even though the author Hebrew says, you know, he he went in faith knowing he would receive him back one way or the other. Like, you got to know, like, he's thinking, man, this is You got to like, put why? all your chips on the table yeah, for that. like, why? And I think it's so easy for us, we get to these kind of moments that have been normal, normative for the people of God for millennia. And my temptation, at least, I know this, is to like say, I don't know how good can come of this. Yeah, This is going to be a footnote in the history of my life that no one's going to read, that no one's going to care about, and that's going to contribute nothing to my life or to my purpose in the world. And the evidence of scripture and the thing that I love about a story like Walter Mitty is that you see an instance where, oh no, this terrible event that for most people would just be kind of the end of the road, so to speak, mm-hmm. becomes not just the launching pad into a meaningful meaningful journey, but I mean, it it becomes part of the substance of your life. It becomes a defining moment for you. I find it interesting just to kind of riff off this before we, uh, we close here. I was watching an interview recently with Stephen Colbert and uh, Anderson Cooper, really? right? Which is weird for me. Like, I want I, to see this. You should watch it. It's long. It's a longer interview. I think it's 40 minutes. That's okay. But, you know, Stephen Colbert, of course, is a comedian. Yeah. Everyone knows that. Anderson Cooper, CNN anchor. A classic anchor yeah. from, I remember from my childhood. Yeah. Like, I think everyone knows Anderson Cooper. Yeah. And you you know when you're watching these two men what you're getting into, like on their separate programs. Like, when you're on Stephen Colbert, you know, you're going right. to be, you're going to have humorous um, and incise political commentary for mm-hmm. the most part. That's what you're getting with him. 
And, you know, Anderson Cooper's, you know, great reporter. You know, he's going to get the story. You know, he's got this, he has a great presence. Yeah. I mean, you can tell he's very good at his job. Yeah. But they sat down for this kind of backstage interview, which is very different for both of oh, them. Oh, that's cool. And I didn't realize this, but they both lost their fathers at the age of 10. Oh, really? Like very, very early in life. And that was a defining moment, of course, for them. Young boys need fathers. Sure. And when, you know, you're 10 years old and suddenly your your father's dead, like, that changes the trajectory of your life. And so they sat down to talk about that. They kind of talk about, you know, the death of their father's grief, suffering, the place that has in life and how it how it forms us and shapes us and how it can be meaningful. Wow. It was, it was an amazing conversation. Now, the other thing to note about that is Colbert is Catholic, actually. Really? He, he's now... I'd have to, like, read more of what he said, but I'm fairly certain he's a pretty devout Catholic at that. Oh, that's very um, interesting. Yeah, and uh, I don't know where Anderson Cooper is. I don't know if he's agnostic. Athe- I'm not sure what he is, but um, he made comment he doesn't really share yeah. Colbert's faith. But somewhere in that interview, they got to talking about something that Stephen Colbert had once said, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit, I think. But what he had said was, I have learned to love the thing that I most wish had not happened. And he was referring to the death of his father. Oh, man. And you, there's this very poignant moment in the interview where Stephen Colbert is saying that, and he pauses, and he's choking back tears, which you've ne- like, I don't know if I've ever I've seen. never seen. Yeah, like Anderson Cooper, like, going to be up there crying. <laughs> but he's choking back tears. Dang. And then he quotes this other line that Colbert had said, and he said, what punishments of God are not also his gifts? And, like, and he asked him, do you really believe that? And there's this, like, pause, and Stephen Colbert says, yes, Whoa, I do believe that. dude. And... All of that was to say they, they went on and had a much, you know, longer discussion. And, you, yeah. of course, you get into the, you know, debate about, like, is punishments the right, like, you know, all that fun <laughs> stuff. But, like, ignore that, you know. <laughs> Understand, you know, you're, you've got a Roman Catholic here and probably agnostic atheist, you know, yeah. something on the other. They spun from that to say that this moment of death, uh, of unbelievable tragedy in a young boy's life for both of them, you know, both losing their heads at the age of 10, that for Stephen Colbert, that thing, that is the thing in his life he most wish had not happened. Yeah. And yet he has learned to love it, not in the way like, oh, I, I love this cheeseburger, you know, or, you know, like, oh, I, I, I love you. Like, I mean, this kind of, you got this picture of this weighty yeah. gravitas kind of love that like, I would not be the man I am today if that had not happened. Yeah. And he he actually did draw it together in like, you know, in Christ. He actually talked about how in, you know, in Christ, all these things make sense. Like life couldn't be different than what it is. It had to be this way. And to see that as a gift, mm. not not as, you know, again, not as like the kind of, oh, you know, it's a birthday party, confetti, you know, let's open the gift and yay. Like, but like this, this weighty, like. It's a solemn gift. Yes. That is going to help you help others. Mm. It's going to make you the man that you need to become. And I thought that was profound. Yeah. But to see all of life like that as a gift, to quote the Apostle James, he said, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of Light. That outlook, almost kind of that Walter Mitty outlook on, you know, okay, like I could leave or I could see this as a moment where it provides a launching pad to go track down this man and actually seize the opportunity seize this moment. Yeah. Yeah, Seize. And of course, you have to see the opportunity it provides too to do that. (laughs) I think that is one of the, I don't know how else to phrase it, but kind of the highest callings of, of humanity and more specifically those who claim to follow Jesus. Mm. Because, again, Stephen Colbert said this, like, God didn't spare himself from that. You know, I, did, I, I keep, I come back to that theme of my life over and over again. And people have heard me talk about this so much, they probably get sick of it. But God didn't spare himself from that. Right. You know, in Christ, the thing that we most wish hadn't happened, the Son of God, the author of life, slain by death, is the thing we've learned to love, yeah, like the most. 
And so he's doing the same thing for us. The problem, you know, for us is we just can't see the end of the story quite yet. You right. know, we don't we don't know how the sentence we don't know how today's sentence ends. Yeah. We don't know if it ends with a period, a question mark, an exclamation point. And that's always true. Yeah. But to see it all as a gift, you know, to see life and even even these moments of hardship, whether it's the death of a loved one or the loss of a job or, you know, I mean, I used to really rail against this and I think I'm, I'm hopefully coming back to a more balanced approach to my life. But, you know, even like the loss of a dream, you know, like, the, like I thought my life was going to go this way and it didn't. To see that even in acknowledging it as painful and perhaps, you know, having, you know, weeping through that and being confused and hurt and frustrated and lamenting, mm-hmm. still seeing that as, okay, this, this is a gift. This could be a launching pad. It could be an opportunity. It's going to form me into the person that God is making me to be. It will perhaps in ways I can't imagine help me help others. Yeah. I, I think that's, that's something we could all stand to live into more. I know, and I, I need to do that. Which comes back to what you were saying, I think, earlier about, you know, those negative memories you have as a child. Like, in those movies, <laughs> like just like, you know, you dwell on that, like, okay, that could be just something that, like, that's just a bad thing that happened to me. Right. Or could it be that we begin to look at that and say, all right, well, where is, <laughs> perhaps this sounds cheesy, man, where is the gift in that? Where is, I don't know how else to say that. What's it's redeem- kind of a mystery. What's redeemable about that? Yeah. I think it's a good point. I th- it wasn't long ago we were talking about something somewhat similar about um, these things that, like the hardships that that um, become redeemable things. Was is that in the Greatest Showman? Yeah, yeah. We're talking yeah, about. It it's, was. it's almost like there's a theme running through everything. Whoa! What? what? <laughs> but it, like we we talk about this as we see it in movies, and it's, the stories are like grand and inspiring and gorgeous. And, like, real life probably isn't going to feature, like, this beautiful drone shot of Greenland (laughs) that has a very high production budget behind it. But the difference is what you do experience, what you do go through is, while it may not be as beautiful on the outside, it is still very real. It is. And it is something that is, like, fundamentally transforming. It is. And... We were talking about this as we wrap up here. I've said that twice now, but really, really am <laughs> wrapping up. I think it was you. We were joking at the church recently about how, you know, no one's going to make a movie about the montage scene <laughs> in the movies, right? Like you get like, yeah. you know, these like years of like in Rocky Balboa, mm-hmm. you know, like the Rocky movies where you got like the montage scene where he's training and he runs up the steps and yay. It's like, <laughs> you know, well, that was like months and months of training and preparation condensed mm-hmm. into like a minute, and we're like living in the montage. Yeah. Like, you have to oh, be okay with that. I love that. that. Living the, yeah, that's good. Coin that, phrase it, patent it, trademark it, bang. I like it. Just kidding. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, I agree. That's all. Thanks. That's true. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Anything else? That's, that's all. it. That's, that's all. it. Well, thank you as always, our listeners, for listening. We do hope this conversation was, uh, was helpful. And if it was, or you just, you know, generally enjoy our content, boy, please. I would so personally appreciate it if Ethan you left would this. Personally I would personally. It. That's not going to go too far, but I would still personally appreciate it if you gave us an honest five star review. And as we like to say, they're the on, only five star review there is. Oh, just I can't. I always get it wrong. It's the only kind of honest there is. Comma. No. It's the only kind of five. Ah, yeah. that's the one because yeah. it has a nice cadence. We'll get there. You know what? It's we'll the only kind there. of honest. Next it's the only month. kind of five. Yeah. That's <laughs> That's good. <laughs> uh, if you have other questions, you can also shoot us an email, podcast at horizonschurch.net, or find us on social media. As always, thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.